we review a few aspects of the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. While the Testament have changed, the Spirit of God is still the same. He is able to do what He has done and even more. Let's be expectant. How many of you are enjoying what we're doing? Yes? Yesterday I got a chance to speak to one of the people who came to the entrepreneurship seminar and we were just chatting afterwards. and It was so nice to hear him share that, you know, the things I'm learning on Sunday morning, I'm trying to do that during the week. That was so encouraging. Amen? That means you aren't just coming here to listen, you know, to mark your attendance. I attended church. No. The things you're hearing here on Sunday morning, you're going back. And during the week, you're trying to live it out. Amen? You're trying to listen to the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and of course, he, he, he's a working professional. So in his life, in, in the circumstances, he's trying to listen to the Holy Spirit for whatever he's doing. And that's encouraging. And that's what we want all of us uh, to be in. Trying to build up our communion with the Holy Spirit. And learning to listen to him. And, and draw from who he is in our everyday lives. Amen? This morning, today, and next Sunday, we're going to spend time in the Old Testament. And we're going to look at what the Holy Spirit did in the Old Testament. Now, our approach is going to be this, that even though the Testaments have changed, God has not changed. Amen? Who God is, has not changed across the Testaments. He is still the same God. His nature has not changed. Uh, he says, you know, I am God, I do not change. Malachi 3.6, I am God, I do not change. So, one of the mistakes many of us make is, we think the God of the New Testament is different from the God of the Old Testament. That's not true. He's the same God. God didn't change across Testaments. The Testaments changed, but God did not. So, Everything we read about the Holy Spirit doing in the Old Testament, He's well able to do in the New, in our day and time. Amen? He's able to do it. The thing that has changed is certain aspects of His working. It's become better in the New. In the Old Testament, He would move on certain individuals, privileged people, prophets, certain priests and kings and leaders that God wanted to raise, only they experienced the working of the Holy Spirit. The New Testament has become so much better that every child of God can experience the person and the presence and the working of the Holy Spirit. So it's much better in the New. So everything we look at in the Old Testament, you got to read and say, Holy Spirit, please do it in me. Yes, I'm ready. I want this. Amen? Are you ready to do that? Right? Because some, the moment we turn to the Old Testament, some people say, okay, man, it's okay. No, you turn off. No, don't turn off. Because the Old Testament reveals to us the God of the Bible who has not changed across the Testaments. He's still the same. Uh, we're going to pick out some highlights. We're not going to cover everything that will take us uh, many hours to do that. So we're going to speak out a few things this Sunday morning and a, some more next Sunday. Look at how the Holy Spirit worked. As we read this passage, we're going to try to understand who he is, what he does, how he works, so that we could learn that and begin to desire the same thing. Today, today, living in the New Testament period. So let's go to the very first chapter of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1. And we find the Holy Spirit taking part in this whole 
work of creation. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2, it says here, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So what is the picture we get here in verse 2? The earth was at that point without form. It was empty, uninhabited, covered by water. It was dark. And the Bible says that the Spirit of God hovered, or the King James would say, moved upon this vast expanse of the waters. So it's like the Holy Spirit was just covering this entire globe, the earth, and brooding over it. The literal Hebrew there means to brood. So it's like a chicken, a hen, brooding over her eggs in order to hatch them. That's the picture of that Hebrew word. So try to imagine in your mind this big round ball we call the earth, which at that time was dark and water, waters were covering the earth. And all around it was the Holy Ghost brooding over it, covering the whole expanse of the earth. Do you think he was doing it for a reason or was it by accident? God was doing it with a purpose, isn't it? And as the Holy Spirit was brooding like a hen over the eggs, over this earth, into that environment, you hear the word say, let there be light, plants, animals, and all these other things. The word of God was spoken. The Holy Spirit was there at creation, and he was the power of God that brought whatever was spoken into creation. God the Father conceived it. God the Son, kid, kid. God the Spirit created it, made it happen. He was the power in creation. So how do we apply that in our day, in our time? I want us to understand that you and I today can invite the Holy Spirit to brood over people, over communities, over cities, over regions, over a nation. It's not too big for him. He covered the whole earth to begin with. Amen? So, when we pray, let's say you're praying for the Sunday morning service. So, Holy Spirit, come. Rest upon this entire group of people. That when we sit, we can, we sit in an environment that is filled with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if he could cover this entire earth, he can cover an audience, he can cover a city, he can cover a community. We ask him, we invite him, come Holy Spirit, brood upon these people. And as we minister the word of God, as we minister the gospel of Jesus Christ, we want to see souls birth into the kingdom of God. Amen? So there's no harm. And, and, and we must understand this aspect of the working of the Holy Spirit, where we invite him to hover over people, over cities, regions, and cause about the, and cause the purposes of God to come forth as we proclaim the word of the Lord. Whether it's the salvation of souls or anything else that he desires to do in the hearts and minds of people. Welcome him. Come Holy Spirit. Brood upon these people. So that as the word of the Lord goes, the power of the Spirit will cause change in the hearts and lives of people to take place. Amen? If you understand it, say amen. We go to Genesis chapter 41. 
and verse, we're going to read verse 38. And here's the instance where Joseph interprets the Pharaoh's dreams and he also tells him what to do. And then here's how Pharaoh responds. In Genesis chapter 41, I'll read verses 37 and 38. It says, So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all these things, there is none as discerning and as wise as you. Verse 40, You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. He says, Can we find such a man? In whom is the Spirit of God? What do we see here? We see Joseph in the Old Testament being empowered by the Holy Spirit to interpret Pharaoh's dreams and also give him a solution to what was coming up. The seven years of plenty followed by the seven years of famine. And Joseph was able to say, these are the things you need to do. Let's just bring it into our day. Let's say you're standing before your boss, your manager in your workplace, your whoever is your, you know, your superior, whomever you're reporting to. And by the Spirit of the Lord, you're able to uh, explain or give a solution to a very complex problem. And you're able also to, to describe the right course of action to take place. Who can empower you to do that? Come on. Can the Holy Spirit empower you to do that today? But he say, but... Uh, this is not church. I mean, is the Holy Spirit with me when I'm in my office? Just remind, remember, Joseph was not in church. He was in Pharaoh's palace. He was standing before a man who did not care anything about God. Nobody was playing the keyboard saying, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this. Nothing like that. It was a tense moment. Pharaoh said, I heard you can tell, my, tell dreams. Here's a dream. Give me the interpretation and all that. It's tense. And yet in that situation, in that place, the Holy Spirit empowered Joseph to do something outstanding. Amen? Can you and I expect the same thing today? Yes or no, please? It's okay to talk in church, right? Yes, you and I can. And we should. That when we stand uh, in our places of work, and let's demonstrate the power of the Spirit. People in the Old Testament manifested the same Holy Spirit as we expect the manifestations of the Spirit in the New Testament. In the New Testament, it is given to us in the nice description and we call it the gifts of the Spirit. All of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, excluding tongues and interpretation of tongues, you find already operating in the Old Testament through Old Testament saints, through Old Testament people. And one of them is right here, Joseph. The ability to interpret a dream and provide a solution. In the New Testament, we will call it, you know, word of wisdom and discerning of spirits. We'll give it all these titles. But really, it's not about the title. It's about the manifestation of who the Spirit of God is. So don't worry about the title so much. It's about you and I standing in places and and revealing the work of the Spirit before people, to bless people, to address real situations and needs. In the book of Exodus, we see another interesting aspect of the Holy Spirit. In Exodus, the 28th chapter, God gives instructions to Moses 
telling him how to make all these things that are needed for the tabernacle. And I want to read a few verses from the book of Exodus. Uh, we will first read Exodus 28 verse 3. It's not on your slide. I think Exodus 28. Next slide please. Uh, Exodus 28 3 and then we'll go to chapter 31 and so on. So Exodus 28 and I'm reading verse 3. This is God speaking to Moses and he says, So you shall speak to all who are gifted artisans whom I, I have filled with the spirit of wisdom that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him that he may minister to me as a priest. Now think about this. God has told Moses that Aaron the high priest is supposed to wear this wonderfully uh, highly ornate, very decorated garment. But in order to put that garment together, what is God doing? He's saying, there are people among you who are artisans. And maybe we would call them today uh, as... um, I don't know what you call them, tailors or designers. Yeah, yeah, fashion designers. Yeah, 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 correct, correct, correct. correct. <laughs> we call them fashion designers today. You know, they make all these extra special clothes, not these ordinary shirts and trousers. You know. They do the designer clothes. So God says, I have raised up some fashion designers for you, Moses. And what have I done for them? I have filled your fashion designers With the Holy Spirit. With the spirit of wisdom. That they may design this highly exquisite, highly decorated garments that I want the priests to wear. How many of you are fashion designers? Put your hand up. It's okay. One, two, some. All right. Yeah, see one way up over there. Now listen. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. If he did it then... Can he do it today? Or does he say, I'm so holy, I don't do fashion design. (laughs) I don't think so. Hey, listen, the Spirit of God can be the Spirit of wisdom to you to come up with these these designs that, uh, that God has in his mind which are not yet expressed on earth. And he can release them through you so that God is glorified through it all. If you go over to chapter 31 of Exodus and you read a little bit more on this um, here. The next is 31. Uh, we will read from verse 1 to 5 or verse 1 to 6. Exodus 31 verse 1 to 6. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge. And all manner of workmanship or artistic skill. Verse 4. To design artistic works. To work in gold. In silver. In bronze. In cutting jewels for setting. In, in carving wood. And to work in all manner of workmanship. And I, indeed I, have appointed with him. Aholiab the son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan. And I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. So the tabernacle had a lot of work to be done with gold and silver and all kinds of uh, ornaments and things to be done. And God is saying, look, I have anointed certain people with the Holy Spirit. I've given them this wisdom and I've given this artistic ability to do all these things. Can God do that today? 
Yes or no? I think he can. I don't think he can. I know he can. I'm sure he will. It's just that you and I should not separate God from these kinds of expressions of who God is. In art, in uh, designing things, in coming up with uh, all of these artistic and creative uh, uh, expressions. Don't leave God out of it. He is the Holy Spirit who can fill your heart and mind with wisdom so that we are able to do such things. Amen? So in your work, and some of you may be involved in uh, some of uh, some you know some professions that involve a lot of artistic and creative talent and ability. Hey, the Holy Spirit covers that as well. Depend on Him. Ask Him. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding, Lord, uh, in what I'm about to do. Enhance my creativity. Uh, give me fresh ideas. Give me things that have not yet been conceived in the heart of man. Give me such designs, and I'm sure He'll do that for you and me. So. And you can read this in chapter 35 and 31 as well. And we'll skip that. The Holy Spirit is doing the same in our day. Empowering God's people with special creative and artistic abilities. Let's go to the book of Numbers. In Numbers chapter 11, we'll see something interesting. Moses at this time is really getting tired of pastoring. He submitted his resignation to the Lord. But God wouldn't accept it. Numbers chapter 11. You know, if you just pick up in verse 14... Uh, Moses goes to God in Numbers eleven fourteen. He says, God, this is getting too much for me. I can't bear the burden of all these people. It's just too heavy. Uh, if you treat me like this, you know, he's blaming his boss. The boss is not treating me well. If you treat me like this, this is in Numbers eleven fifteen. You might as well just kill me, you know. And uh, I can't handle all of this. So God comes up with a solution in verse sixteen, Numbers eleven sixteen. He says, Moses, I want you to get seventy people from among all the tribes. And then I want you to tell them to come to the tabernacle. That's a place I will meet with you. And here's what I'm going to do, Moses. I'm going to take off the spirit that is upon you. And I'm going to put it upon these, each one of these seven people. And they are going to help you in taking care of this big nation. Some say there were three million people. So they, these 70 leaders, they're going to be leaders. They're going to be elders. And you're going to appoint them over small groups of people. And, uh, and I'm going to anoint them. And they're going to help you bear your responsibility. So that's exactly what happens in the rest of chapter 11. These 70 elders come. And uh, it says in verse 25, The Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to him. And took up the spirit that was upon him. And placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened. And the spirit rested upon them. That they prophesied, although they never did so again. But there were two men who came late, but God took care of them as well. What we learn from here is this. That there are different levels of empowerment that we receive from the Holy Spirit. Or in Pentecostal charismatic terminology, we will say different measures of the Spirit. Or different measures of the anointing. Moses had the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon him. God takes off that anointing and puts part of that anointing on 70 others. That doesn't mean there are 71 spirits now. There's only one Holy Spirit. Now each one of these 70 were responsible for a smaller group or set of people. 
but they have the same spirit that was on Moses or same um, similar aspects of what Moses carried. Moses had the anointing uh, as a leader and he was leading three million people. That same anointing spirit of, of leadership that was on Moses was now put on each se- one of the 70. But the level of empowerment was much less. It was given to lead a smaller group of people. Are you with me? So, there are different measures of the spirit. Simply means different levels of empowerment. Or degrees of anointing. Or degrees of empowerment. Of the same Holy Spirit. And in the same gifting. It is all having to do with leadership. Is it clear with us? Yes or no? Each one of us will have to learn to walk in our level of empowerment. In our level of gifting. In that area of gifting, you're empowered this way. Walk in that. There are different measures of that same kind of anointing. And uh, that's important because, you know, in the body of Christ today, in today's world, let's say there are people who can teach the word. All can... All of them, let's say there are three people, all of them can teach the word. But the level of empowering to teach the word in that same gifting can vary. Person A may have a greater degree of anointing. Simply means a level of empowerment. It's the same Holy Spirit, it's the same gift. Person B may be having the same gifting, but the level of empowerment could be a little less. It's not that any bad, but it's the kind of grace and gift that God has given. Ephesians 4 and verse 7 says, To each one is given a measure of the gift. So the different measures are the same gift. And depending on the measure of the gift God's given you, you will have a proportionate level of anointing operating flowing through your life. It just means that God empowers you to the degree that he, he wants you to get the work done. If he's called you to affect nations, then he's going to give you that kind of anointing to impact nations. If he's called you to do a little Bible study in your home, he's going to let him empower you for that kind of work. There are different levels of anointing, but it's the same Holy Spirit. Is it clear? We now look at another, another aspect of the work of the Holy Spirit. This is in Numbers 27 chapter. And this is about Joshua. Numbers 27. Verse 18. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua the son of Nun with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. I'll just read on a few more verses. Set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation and inaugurate him in their sights. And you shall give some of your authority to him that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. And it goes on. Basically here it's talking about God instructing Moses to appoint Joshua as a leader. But notice that as Joshua is being appointed as a leader, a very important part of this is the work of the Spirit. It says there in, um, in Numbers 27 and verse 18... He's a man in whom is the Spirit. Meaning the Holy Spirit empowers us for leadership. Especially when it comes to the kingdom of God. Leadership is an empowering of the Holy Spirit. Now why is that important? Because sometimes many of us, we feel like, you know, I'm not as gifted or as talented or as, you know, charismatic as another person. So maybe I can't be a leader. But I want you to understand that when it comes to things of God, leadership is primarily an empowering of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, you do need to develop skills that, that accompany it and, and so that the Holy Spirit of God can, can empower you and work through those skills. And that's important. I'm not 
downplaying that. But pri- understand that primarily in the kingdom of God, it's not about talent, it's not about ability, it's not about charisma, it's about the anointing of your spirit that makes you a leader. That's exactly what happened to Joshua. He says, you appoint him, you inaugurate him, you uh, commission him in front of all these people. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in that man. He's going to take over from you. He's going to be a leader. Amen? So leadership is an empowering of the spirit. And for you as well, in your life, if God has called you to some role of leadership, whatever it might be, whether it's, and I, and I know I mentioned primarily in the church, but it could be anywhere. If you're in a position of leadership, understand that empowering for leadership also comes from the Holy Spirit. You may be a leader of the performing arts team. Everything, everyone thinks, man, you're such a little person. It's just there. Uh You know, how can you lead? Hey, relax. It's not about how tall you are, how big you are, whatever. It's the empowering of the holy. Or it's not about how... All that is good if you have a great education. But remember, depend on the anointing of the spirit. Even for your role of leadership. It comes from him. Just a few more and we will close. Uh, We see this also in the book of Judges. Uh, There were many leaders raised up, or we call them as judges in the... uh, uh, who were raised up, you would remember people like Gideon and Samson. They were raised up as leaders, but every time in, their li- in, the, in the lives of these judges, the leaders, you'll find the Holy Spirit comes on them. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. The Holy Spirit raised them up to be leaders. So leadership really is an empowering of the Holy Spirit. He can empower you to do that. I want us to just look at um, uh, several aspects of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of uh, David, and then we will close today. David was anointed by Samuel to be the king. This is in 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter. So if you'll turn with me there, 1 Samuel chapter 16, and we look at verse 13. It says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Samuel anointed David with oil. And the Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord came on David. I want you to, I want us to learn something here. That the anoint, the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. There is nothing magical about the oil. You know, whether it's olive oil, coconut oil, sunflower oil. It's nothing magical about the oil. But notice how when David was anointed with oil, what actually happened? The Holy Spirit came. So, The anointing with oil is also given to us in the New Testament, right? For example, it says, you know, if any of you are sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint him with oil. Some people say, did this oil come from Jerusalem? Listen, it's not about the oil. It's about the fact that when you anoint with oil in the name of the Lord, you are inviting and you are expecting who to come? The Holy Spirit. So it's not the oil that does the work. It's the Holy Spirit who moves in at that moment. He does the work. But this act of anointing with oil is something God has given to us in the Old Testament and in the New Testament as a way for us in the natural to administer the work of the Holy Spirit. So that's why it's valuable, it's important and uh, it's legitimate it's something we can actually use you can use it at home if you wanna, or wherever you are, if you want to pray for somebody, 
that you could pray over oil and just anoint him. It's an act of faith that brings the person and the work of the Holy Spirit into that moment, into that situation. So as Samuel anointed David with oil, he was actually anointed by the Holy Spirit. Some of the interesting things we see about the work of the Spirit through uh, David. We go with me to 2 Samuel 23. Look at a few more verses and we close. Are you learning something this morning? Okay. I hope you don't get bored like the whole testament. It was very, very interesting. It's very wonderful. 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 2. Uh, uh, we'll read verses 1 and 2. 2 Samuel 23, 1 and 2. Now these are the last words of David. Thus says David, the son of Jesse, thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel, the spirit of the Lord spoke by me and his word was on my tongue. David, the anointed of the God of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel, what does he say? The spirit of the Lord spoke by me. And his word was in my tongue. He's actually about to write his last psalm. And he's saying, look, I am an anointed one of God. I am a sweet psalmist. But all these psalms, the one I've done and the one I'm about to do right now, my final psalm, it is all coming from the Holy Spirit. Now some of you are musicians. Some of you like to sing. Some of you maybe even like to write songs. I just want to help you see here that the anointing and the ability to be a psalmist comes as an empowering of the Holy Spirit. So, those of you who are in that sphere of music and song and writing, depend on the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, could you release a song through me? The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me and His word was in my tongue. Lord, give me a song. Help me to write songs. And God can use some of you here to write some new music or write new songs just as he anointed the sweet psalmist of Israel. He can make you sweet psalmists of Bangalore or sweet psalmists of India or forever, you know. He can make you psalmists. And that empowering, that anointing for music, uh, song and, and uh, writing, writing songs comes from the Holy Spirit. First Chronicles 12. I see something very interesting here. First Chronicles 12. Verses 17 and 18. Now. First Chronicles 12. Uh, I'll just read from verse 16 onwards. Then some of the sons of Benjamin and Judah. Came to David. At the stronghold. And David went out to meet them. And answered and said to them. If you have come peacefully to me. To help me. My heart will be united with you. But if to betray me to my enemies, since there is no wrong in my hands, may the God of our fathers look and bring judgment. Then the Spirit came upon Amasai, chief of the captains, and he said, We are yours, O David. We are on your side, O son of Jesse. Peace, peace to you, and peace to your helpers. For God helps, for your God helps you. So David received them and and made them captains of the troop. Very interesting. David had uh, come out of dwelling in caves. And after Saul's death. He was made king of one tribe of Israel. The tribe of Judah. For about seven years. 
But remember, he was supposed to be king over all Israel. After that seven year period, all of Israel came and recognized him as king. They made him king. And about that time, here are some mighty warriors from the tribe of Benjamin. They come to David. Now David is being very cautious. He's not sure if they're coming in peace or they're coming to make war. So he says, look, guys, if you're coming for peace, I'm, my heart's with you. If you're coming for war, forget it. But what happens? It says the spirit of God came upon Amasai, the, the leader of the, that, that whole team. And he said, we are yours, David. And God bless those who have come to help you because your God's with you. I see something very interesting here. I see the fact that it is the Holy Spirit who can actually bring and connect people to you, to your life, and to to God's assignment on your life. Amen? What is your assignment? And for David, his assignment was to be king. But these people come and they are connected to David through what we would quote-unquote call a spirit connection. A Holy Spirit we are on your side. We're joining you on your assignment, David. We'll be with you. And David takes him and makes him part of his army. His army gets stronger and bigger. In the same way, what is your assignment in life? I mean, you know, it could be in business. It could be, uh, it could be in Christian ministry. It could be something else that God's put, uh, given you as an assignment. What you need is people who are connected to you and connected to your assignment by the Holy Spirit. You need those kind of helpers. Amen? Don't be too hasty to make alliances by the flesh. Because usually, it'll only cause you a lot of trouble. Wait for those alliances, if you want to use that word, or you wait for those people who come into your life, brought to you by the Spirit of God, who will work with you and will be part of your assignment because the Holy Spirit has sent them there. Amen? And it's just the same thing I do in ministry. Uh, there are so many people who want to, you know, be involved, be connected. And I just don't say yes to everything. What I'm looking for is those whom the Holy Spirit has sent. Has the Spirit of God sent them? Because then we are truly going to be a powerful team. We, we'll do things together. But if I simply make up alliances or what we call as partnerships or whatever you want, just because, you know, there's a match in the natural or you feel good about it. Listen, it it may not work. It may be even counterproductive. It might even hurt the whole thing. Hurt your assignment on your life. So pray, wait, discern those people whom the Holy Spirit sends to be a part of your life assignment. If he did it for David, he'll do it for you. Amen? One last one about David. Chapter 28 of his Chronicles. And uh, let's read verses 11 and 12. First Chronicles 28, 11 and 12. Then David gave his son Solomon the plan for the vestibule, its houses, its treasuries, its upper chambers, its inner chambers, and the place of the mercy seat, and the plans for all that he had by the Spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord, of all the chambers all around, of the treasuries of the house of God, and of the treasuries for the dedicated things. And it goes on. And then in verse 19, David says, All this, said David, the Lord made me to understand in writing by His hand upon me all the works 
of these plans. Wow. David went to the shepherding school. He did not go to the National Institute of Design. Or he did not go to, you know, some great institute for architecture or whatever. He was a shepherd. He knew how to take care of sheep. He knew how to skin them. When to take them to water. When to bring them back to the pen. I mean, he knew about sheep. He knew nothing about how to design a temple, a building, nothing. But what do you find here in chapter 28 and in the few verses that we read is that David is handing to Solomon the design for what we come to know as Solomon's temple, the temple that Solomon built. Who was the architect? Dr. <laughs> architect David, the son of Jesse, David and associates, whatever. David was the architect and he says, all this I was able to do by the hand of the Lord upon me. So the hand of the Lord is just another term for the Holy Spirit resting on you. That means God's put his hand on you. The Holy Spirit's resting on you. And now he's empowering you to do something that you would not be, have been able to do in the natural. So those of you designers, architects, whether you're designing buildings or designing software or designing clothes or designing products, whatever you're designing, ask for the hand of the Lord. Amen? Even if you've been to design school, still ask. Say, Lord, I need the hand of the Lord upon me as I work on this design. And David said, all this, the Lord made me to understand. I mean, he gave me the, uh, the idea, the concept, the design for this. All this the Lord made me to understand by his hand on me, by the Spirit of God on me. God is waiting to empower you and me in everything we do by his Holy Spirit. The question is, would you and I consciously depend on the Holy Spirit, ask him, draw from him, whatever we need, the empowering we need. Ask for the hand of the Lord on your life. Let's stand to our feet. We'll continue this next Sunday. Just like to call our worship team up, please. And as we stand here, I just would like us to pray based on the things we've heard this morning. I mean, this is Bible. This is God's truth. I know it was all of the Old Testament, but the Holy Spirit hasn't changed. And He's real. This is not nice theology. It's, it's truth. It's something you and I can live by. And we should live by because God wants to be glorified in our lives. So as you stand here this morning, would you please pray and say, Holy Spirit, I really want to see more of who you are at work in me and through me, God. And all these wonderful things that you did through these people in the Old Testament that we read about, do this and even more through me. Would you please pray and invite him here and ask him to teach you. Teach me how, Lord, I should learn from you, how I should draw from you and how I, should, how I would be able to express this. As we continue studying in the weeks to come, we will delve into that. But you begin that journey now as you pray and say, please come Holy Spirit. I'm on the hand of the Lord on me. When I go to work, when I go to school or college, my place of business or uh, whatever I do, I want the hand of the Lord upon me, empowering me to go beyond my own self. To go beyond my own abilities so that God will be glorified through my life. I'd just like the worship team just to lead us in a, in a song and, and just to wait on the Lord. And 
as you stand here, would you please pray? And ask the Holy Spirit. He's very real. There must be more than this. Oh, breath of God, come breathe with it. There must be more than this. Spirit of God, we wait for you. Fill us anew. of art to come forth will cause Lord men and women to be out there in the marketplace and, and, and come up with solutions and with ideas that, that are so creative that they will have global impact to God so God out of this body of people we asking God 
that you will do such things that the word of God will become real because the hand of the Lord is upon us and upon your people that in our day in our time we will be able to express the reality of the working of the Holy Spirit in ways that will affect the, uh, many 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 lives communities nations oh God Father we pray for the hand of the Lord on each one as we go into our places of work and the things we do we ask you Holy Spirit to release all these things that we've read about and even more Holy Spirit even more even more teach us how to draw out of all that you can do and, and release that into the world today oh God let it come forth oh Lord raise up this people raise us up oh God to manifest to reveal all these things we thank you, God. Let the hand of the Lord be upon each of us. Let the hand of the Lord be upon us as a body. Let the hand of the Lord be upon us as a community. So that through us it will be seen. It will be known. It will be revealed. What the Holy Spirit can do. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. Raise up a generation, God, upon whom it will be said, the hand of the Lord is on them. The hand of the Lord is on them. Because these things are manifested because of the hand of the Lord. We thank you. We thank you.
get ready to close. But before I close, I, I just want to ask, is there anybody here uh, that I just want to just bring a word of encouragement and that's it. I just feel the Lord just wants to encourage this person or persons, I don't know. Uh, anybody here who is, is involved in uh, uh, car design or auto design, uh, auto means uh, vehicles, not our auto that runs on the road. But <laughs> I'm talking about automotive design, car design, that you're considering the hat and uh, that's on your heart. Maybe you're doing it or you're considering getting into that. Is there anyone or more people here? If you just raise your hand, I just want to encourage you to go into that. Could you raise your hand? Is anyone here or considering that? One, two, anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, okay, okay. All right, I just feel that, uh, that God just wants to bring a word of encouragement to you. Uh, that, you know, that's the right thing that you're doing. Uh, and just to continue in that to pursue in that maybe I don't know if it's for both of you as one of you but just whoever's involved in that car design or and you're interested in that God just wants to confirm just encourage you go for it keep doing it I mean go go that, go that area stay in that area uh, God's empowering will come you will see the hand of the Lord upon you as you as you continue in that I just want to release that little word of encouragement to you let's pray Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for opening our hearts and our eyes. And I truly pray, Father, that out of this body will rise up many, 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 many people who will walk in the reality of the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit. That all of us will experience the hand of the Lord upon our lives. They glorify you through this. We thank you. In Jesus' name. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.